Hello, and welcome back to Imposter Women Podcast, the show that tells you you are not an imposter and helps you tackle your life and business goals unapologetically and with confidence. I'm your host, Melissa Hassong, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Lauren Troxtel. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Mo. I'm so excited for today's episode. Today, we are chatting with Caitlin Durning. Caitlin runs Meraki Media Management, which is a social media management and coaching and consulting business. She helps business owners realign their business goals and visions with their intuition. At her first job, she ran a successful campaign that grew her company's social media account from 18,000 to 500,000 followers in just under a month. And at the same time, raised over 75,000 for a local nonprofit. She took this and kind of ran with it, realizing her skills and her asset and started her own business and now runs a successful media agency. Yeah, something that really struck me about Caitlin's story is how she was able to take that success from her day job and basically pivot and build her business into a really successful media agency. She talks about how she did it and really how intuition helped her get to the point where she is. And also like loved that she says intuition helped to stop her from overthinking and really helped her get a handle on some mental health things that she was going through while she was running and building her business. Yes. And I love how this episode, we really focused a little more on mental health and managing a business because that is so important for all of us entrepreneurs to make sure that our mental health is good to go so that we can successfully run our business and align it with our intuition. Awesome. So let's go ahead and jump right in. So without any further ado, let's meet our guest, Caitlin Durning. Welcome to the show, Caitlin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we are thrilled that you have joined us today because we know that you have so much to share with our audience and it's going to be really useful and tactical for all of us. So why don't we get started? Let's just uh, hear a little bit about your business, Meraki Media Management. Yeah, sure. So I started my business five years this year. It will be five years in, which is just crazy to me. (laughs) I left like pinch myself at moments. Um, But yeah, so I fell into social media management. I really was given this opportunity out of a viral campaign that I led at my previous job, Mm -hmm. uh, which I know we'll get into here in the next few minutes. And after that, you know, I started a social media management agency business. And then I also have an intuitive coaching and marketing business where I help my clients reconnect to themselves. So showing up online becomes easy, natural, and not so robotic, you know, um, or scripted at times. It can really just feel authentic to who they are. So that's what I help my clients do. That's the quick quick overview of Meraki Media. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. So you've been doing this for five years, you mentioned, and 
you started in social media and then you branched out. Can you tell us a little bit about that transition and kind of how you were led to provide the additional services in in the coaching business? Yeah, absolutely. So basically what happened was also a natural shift. So for anybody that's in business that may be pivoting, it kind of starts to happen before you even notice that it's happening. You know, it just naturally Mm -hmm. starts to shift. So I was realizing on social media calls where we would be talking about strategy, my clients would then maybe ask me like, how should I be getting on video or am I saying the right things? Um, What should I be doing with my hands? Or do people even want to hear what I have to say? You know, so a lot of coaching around that imposter syndrome just naturally started to occur. And then I started to see that when my clients weren't connected to their businesses intuitively, that's where the disconnect was most of the time coming up. So they would feel like their business was maybe a different entity of them and it didn't feel connected to who they were. Um, And then I was like, wow, you know, I'm seeing a hole in the market. I'm seeing something that I can help people do. And social media is not, you know, my jam per se. Like I'm really great at it. I love strategy. I love helping those clients, but it's not something that I would love or do for long-term, you know, forever. So my heart was being pulled more towards this rich conversation of what it means to be a business owner. And again, that authenticity. So that's where it just naturally started to happen on my social media management calls And then I started marketing myself as a coach and I realized that a lot of my community was waiting for that, you know, (laughs) I was unaware of it at the time. So it was a great natural transition into the intuitive marketing coaching. So one thing that's really interesting to me, and um, it's, it's in the name of your business. Um, How did you come up with, with the name? And sorry if I don't say this right, but Meraki business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, Meraki actually came about when my friend is also an entrepreneur and I was trying to build this business. So basically after I led this viral campaign, I had this overnight success. Like literally we went from 18,000 followers to half a million followers in under a month for this local nonprofit. We were a small team of eight, you know? So it was really out of this world, like nothing what we were expecting. I actually remember walking into work when I was getting ready to launch this giveaway, which drove a lot of the growth. My team members are like, oh yeah, go ahead, give that a try. You know, that sh- that might work for us. <laughs> and like, by the time we come in on Monday, they had already reached, you know, 180,000 followers. It was crazy. And a lot of them were older. So they didn't even really watch the Instagram account, you know? <laughs> so I'm on it all weekend watching the follower account quadruple. And they're like, oh yeah, did you see what's going on on our Instagram page? Like they have no clue what's <laughs> happening <laughs> behind the scenes. And then we continued to drive the campaign. So that was how we reached the half a million eventually. And we had Philadelphia Flyers reaching out to us. I'm right outside of Philadelphia for anybody that doesn't know that part of my story. 
Um, so we had people really expensive, you know, crazy, not expensive, more well-known athletes reaching out to us through this campaign, like Irish rugby players, just like so random, wanting to fundraise for this local Philadelphia nonprofit. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. You know, this is before TikTok as well. So nothing like this I had seen really hit the market except for the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, which is going, you know, I'm aging myself here, but that was going back a few years, you know, now. (laughs) One of the most (laughs) iconic fundraisers like of my childhood. And that was actually a large um, portion of how I wanted to approach the giveaway was through that ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. So the fact that we had a significant amount of growth was so great. And then, you know, naturally it was like, okay, clients are coming in. People are wanting me to manage their social media. They're approaching me, you know, on the street to help them. And I was like, I don't even have a strategy. You know, I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I wasn't an Instagram influencer, you know, at all whatsoever. Can you elaborate as to what the campaign is? I'm really curious. (laughs) Absolutely. So the viral campaign that we led was basically, so this small family-owned nonprofit focused on student athletes to fundraise for them. And a lot of their athletes originally were men's lacrosse players. And because of their story, their son had passed away from cancer at a young age and he was a lacrosse player and such an inspiration uh, for many of us. And then as they had expanded their market, they were ready to reach into women's lacrosse players. So this was the first year we were ever leading a campaign just with women. And that was why they put me on as the lead thinking like, you're a woman, you know, like you might be able to do this kind of thing. You know, there's a lot of male energy on the team at the time. And um, so that was the first overview. And basically women lacrosse players, they love to braid their hair. So my bosses and managers had come up with an idea called Game Hair Havoc, where it was like, take a photo of your game hair, all your braids, tag the the foundation and, you know, then tag a friend to do the same. And that's where it really started to take off once we launched the giveaway. So we went from, you know, women's lacrosse players to field hockey, which was like a natural transition, field hockey players. And then we moved to soccer. Then all of a sudden we're reaching like Ireland soccer players, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah, it was so wild. I still remember being on my couch at my mom's house when I first had this campaign. I was still living with my mom. My boyfriend was living with my mom and I too. And I'm like, I need you to take my phone. Like I'm overwhelmed by how many notifications were coming through. And um, yeah, it it was really just such a telling moment that social media can really unite and bring community about for such a great cause. You know, we raised $75,000 for this local nonprofit. That was huge margins for them in an inaugural year of a campaign. And they offer direct benefits for cancer patients. So if if anyone isn't familiar, Philadelphia is a, a big hub for cancer treatment. So 
that's a lot of what we did with our efforts down at the hospital. And they have a house where they house cancer patients and they just do some really great work. So to see how many other people wanted to get on board with that, with that was really cool. That is such a remarkable story. Just so cool. So from this remarkable story, taking a local nonprofit from 18,000 to half a million followers, you know, in the span of a weekend, raising $75,000 for a local nonprofit. And it sounds like it really came from that kind of intuitive nudge. You have this idea before like really viral things were a thing. It was kind of right, right at the, just the start of it. So you had this idea even though your workplace maybe didn't resonate kind of on the same level. So I'm, I'm picking up on like little pieces of intuition here. So how have, has that kind of influenced or like informed how you speak with your clients about intuition and how can our audience maybe start to tap into that for their business? Yeah. What a great question. You know, there's a lot of noise out in the world of entrepreneurship and in the world in general, you know, like sometimes I feel so bad for the younger generations and there's just a lot happening. It can feel really loud when you enter an online space or when you enter any new community. Um, And that's where we can sometimes lose touch with ourselves because we start looking externally for validation, approval, you know, credibility, all of these things, we kind of give our power away. And um, I found that when I was able to get quiet and allow myself to process things or really think about the best direction for me, like without outside influence, like having my team members say, you know, well, give that a go. Like that, that sounds like an okay idea, you know? And I'm like, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Um, just believing in yourself will really help you connect to your intuition. And if you're not familiar with getting quiet or, you know, meditation or breath work, that's allowed me to strengthen my intuition uh, to a place now where I really just check in with myself. Any decision I have to make, like, does that feel good? Should I do that? Or would I rather, you know, not go out on a Saturday night and spend spend the night in and watch a movie? You know, it can be the smallest moments where you can start to really build that connection with yourself. That totally resonates. And I love what you say, don't give your power away. Like that's such a powerful quote because when Um, I started my journey about two, two and a half years ago. There is so much that you don't know as an early stage entrepreneur that you like, you do naturally look to others to see what they're doing. Like who's in your market? What, like, what's their flavor? What's their branding? Like what offers do they have? And it's so easy to fall into that trap of looking elsewhere to kind of inform the work that you want to do. But in a sense, it does give your power away because it does, you know, you start to try to emulate someone else, someone that isn't you authentically. And I think what you're saying is like by tapping into that intuition, you can tap into the authenticity of like who you are at your essence and like really listen to like what it is that you want to express. Because even if there are gurus online, we don't all want to be the same person. Like that's kind of boring and it doesn't have like a lot of variety. So getting quiet, is such a good thing. 
And then breath work as well. Do you do any particular types of breath work? Like what's, do you have like a morning routine or how can we kind of operationalize this for everyone listening? Oh yeah, absolutely. So this is kind of flashing forward through my story a little bit, but as I transitioned into building my business and building my podcast actually a year ago, like this week, I signed up with my health coach and I had been in therapy for a while and I love therapy. Like if you're in therapy and you're loving it, amazing. But I got to a point with therapy where it was just rehashing, you know, like the same thing over and over again. And we weren't really able to heal or unpack a lot of that in conventional therapy. So I found my health coach who was actually on my podcast and she helped me set up a lot of these practices. I have also been diagnosed with PTSD through therapy just out of childhood situations. And then I realized, okay, I'm really like not connected with my body at all. And our bodies can tell us so much. Um, I use Joe Dispenza's breath work. And what he says is, you know, the body is a subconscious mind. So the more we can tap into our bodies, the more we can start to access those parts of our brain that we might be like shutting off or not really listening to. Um, so yeah, I do his breath work every morning. My coach has a personalized meditation that she sends and shares with me, which is basically just about getting out of my head and really operating from a sense of heart space and love. And that really resonates with me. Uh, after moving away from my really like fast, masculine, fast-paced growth of business and moving into this like you need a balance of both. But I was totally approaching business right out the gate as like money, fast growth, you know, really strong marketing. And that's like not who I am as a person. <laughs> like I'm very like go with the flow, easy, calm person. So I had to realize how I could configure all these pieces of who I am into Meraki Media Management. And with the breath work and the personalized meditations, it was able to start to help me piece those areas of my subconscious together and allow it to problem solve for me rather than sitting in the logical side of my brain and overthinking things constantly, which I absolutely have a tendency to do. <laughs> Yes, that is very common for sure to overthink. I think all of us on here are overthinkers in some way, shape, or form and <laughs> have to like check in with each other and be like, am I overthinking this? Am I not? But, um, you know, it's, it's really fascinating to just kind of hear your story with um, starting with the counselor, realizing that that kind of ran its course and you needed something to connect back to your body um, and your mental health overall. Um, can you tell us a little bit, and, and I want to hear a little bit more, and I think our listeners would enjoy learning more about how you said you went away from that masculine energy of like growth, money, let's hit numbers. Um, and tell us a little bit more about like managing your mental health while running a business. And what is your business model like? Is it more of a feminine energy? How does that, how does your mental health play out into your business? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question. You know, especially being in social media, it's really important to manage our mental health. Like even with my team members, we have time limits that they're allowed to be on social media or that we recommend they be on social media, you know, rather than over consuming. Um, And what I find with my business that works best for me is getting present, you know, and again, asking myself, like, is this something that's going to help me grow or is this just going to add more to my plate that I can't really handle anyway right now? You know, coming from a perfectionist, overthinking background, which it sounds like you both might resonate with and I'm sure your listeners do too. It's easy to add more to our plate. And yeah, when I was coming at it with this masculine energy, it was about how can I get all of the clients, you know, how can I get all of the leads and I want to help everyone and I want to do everything. I want to solve all the world problems, you know, and that very quickly became very heavy for me. Like I'm also a highly sensitive, so that just felt like an uphill battle that I could never win. And really, really quickly, my business turned into a jail cell. You know, it was like, I'm onboarding all these clients. I'm trying to meet these income marks and I'm not managing my mental health well. So I'm not managing my team's mental or helping them manage their mental health well. So I'm just dumping more and more work on them um, and not giving them the resources that they need. And that was kind of the moment where I was like, okay, I'm in a leader position right now. I'm no longer that solopreneur, you know, where I could just hustle my way through the day. Now I'm leveling up and I have to figure out how to be that person. You know, what is that version of me? Uh, Because I was never that person before, you know, let's be honest, it takes a long time for us to sometimes wrap our head around our duties and how we can cater to our community internally when you're managing things like personalities and different people. We want them to feel heard and safe and secure working for my company. Um, And that became the forefront of what I would do then. So we shed a lot of clients. We took this more intuitive approach. I really slowed down for a few months. Luckily, I was able to do that with stability of family and friends to help me mentally, but also financially at times um, because I went at it so fast and quick. I didn't allow for that space. And that's why I got so passionate about the coaching side of what we do, because it's kind of like building a house on of cards, you know, when you operate fast and strong. It's, it's not a strong foundation for you to actually lean on when maybe you don't feel great or the day isn't looking, you know, like the brightest or sometimes there's weeks of down slumps as an entrepreneur and We have to be able to hold our team up and put on that smile and support them and remind them of the dream, you know, remind them of the mission, really. So that was where everything started to shift for me. And they became so much more important, but also my mental health had to become a priority because if I'm not taking care of myself, I would never be able to take care of those relationships externally. And that goes for my personal life as well. Do you find yourself um, managing not only your mental health, but 
Is it showing up for your um, your employees as well? Are they managing their mental health? Have you kind of set boundaries up within your business or um, what, what does that look like? Yeah, a lot of it is boundary setting, which I'll be honest, I'm working on every day. You know, I just hired two new coaches and they're like, you still don't have enough boundaries set up, you know? So there's always a place to learn, you know, which <laughs> is what I love about being in business is there's always an opportunity to evolve. But with my boundaries with myself, like I have time limits on my social media. I only spend 20 minutes a day on my business account. Um, and that's in the DMs, engaging with clients. And then I'm done, you know, for the day, unless I choose to engage longer, which I just have to say mentally aware of. Um and yeah, with my team, I encourage them to listen to our podcast or read the content even that we share on our platform, because a lot of this has that underlining tone, you know, to what we do. And they tend to just fall into that. Anyhow, I know we're going to share a weekly win at the end, so I'll save that story for you all. Uh, but my team member had a really great piece of feedback for me this week which was really eye-opening that I've never heard, you know, them say about setting their own boundaries within their own businesses. And we have a lot of subcontractors, so they're also managing their own company, you know, so they can benefit from any of the pieces of content that we're putting out. And luckily, most of the time it aligns with what they want to be doing and where they want to be heading as well. I love hearing about just the team that you've built and how you've been really intentional about picking those personalities and kind of the culture and just having that leadership abilities and cultivating that. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to run a team and, you know, any challenges that arise because um, all of us running the podcast, we're still solo so I think it's very curious for us and a lot of our audiences too. So how do you kind of manage the personalities? You know, what what if something doesn't work out? Um, and how does that impact the business? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so for me, a lot of it was trial and error. Like, I'll just be so honest, you know. I have had so many amazing women and men work for me and – you know, I've also had to let some of them go because it might not be the right timing for them to be a part of the company or they might not be in a place where they're able to show up the way that they want to show up, you know, and kind of seeing that and approaching it with honestly with full love. Like every time I have a conversation with my team member, I want them to be valued as a human, you know, because even if their spot or location in Meraki isn't working out or doesn't feel aligned for them anymore, like you're still a human, your goals, your dreams are still so valid and you're so important to me as a being, you know? So even when we part ways, it's really just about how can I continue to lift them up and support their dreams but managing the personalities overall and staying aware of how clients may also be affecting my team members was a huge pivotal moment for me. 
um, and realizing that like, hey, this client is trying to talk to my team member outside of our calls, like that's a little shady, you know, like what's going on here? And being able to discuss with my team member, hey, you know, we have a contract set in place and absolutely you are more than welcome to chat with the client, but here are the parameters of what the conversation can be. And, you know, if a client tries to take them to do their own work or, you know, might try to pull them away from the company, that can also put a really bad taste in the mouth for my client, but also my team member, you know. Um, So just reminding them that we as Meraki are here to serve as a barrier as they work under us. They don't have to worry about those types of things and managing client emotions and personalities. You know, that's what I'm here to do. And I'm here to shelter them from that as much as I can, you know, uh, ethically, and then be able to disclose with them what they need to hear at the end of the day. And internally, just having my team members be able to communicate even just via email has been really cool. You know, there's some of them are all over the world. So it's been awesome to see some of them interact and co-collaborate with clients and help our clients reach those goals. But yeah, a lot of it's really just sharing with them the good feedback that we're getting from clients and telling them they're doing a great job, you know? I feel like a lot of us forget to do that when we're managing everything else, but sharing with them direct client feedback has been such a great way to show them like, hey, we're making moves, you know? We're helping them build something. And all of our clients luckily are on a mission to do something to impact the world that we believe in, you know? So that's a whole nother great, great outcome from what we do. And I love how you work with your team to kind of set up those those boundaries, but also create that space for them to come to you in case anything feels uncomfortable, because it is a whole different ball game when you start working with subcontractors and they are working with clients and then you have to keep your your name and the business values and ethics upheld. And at the same time, like respect where everyone is within their um, um, their journey as well. So just managing all those personalities and the businesses coming together um, is just a remarkable thing. So thanks for sharing that story. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for saying that. It's it's hard to remember, you know, when you're in the thick of it, it's like, wow, I did that. You know, I said that to my boyfriend today when we were at dinner, I was like, wow, I, I did that. You know, I helped those people. <laughs> it's like hard to click. <laughs> yeah. I just want to loop back on the whole intuition thing because you do run a social media marketing firm in addition to like intuitive coaching firm. And it's so fascinating to me because I'm a mindset coach too. So I'm like huge nerd for intuition. And I was on your website and I love that you name your packages after the moon phases. Thank you. I just think it's so unique because it's just very different, right? You don't, I'm not familiar with seeing that kind of in the coaching space or in the social media space, to be honest. And I feel like that's like a really authentic reflection of who you are. So can you tell us a little more about how our audience can kind of do that intuitive marketing? Because, you know, you could have just said, this is package 
gold, silver, bronze, you know what I mean? But instead it's like a really fun way that like resonated with me. So like, how can our audience try to do the same? You know, if they're thinking about what services they want to offer or, you know, what kind of things they want to put up on their social media. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you like that. That's great to hear. I'm even like, we're thinking about adjusting them a little bit, but I love hearing that you all like it because it's especially the eclipse package. Like that's my, that's my jam. Um, but yeah, so when connecting to your intuition, like the best way for me to describe this for somebody that maybe might, it might feel uncomfortable, right. To like really think about this side of ourselves that a lot of us have shut down our whole lives, you know, whether it be beliefs that we've gotten from our beautiful, loving parents that are unaware of the beliefs that they may be passing on, which we love them, but, you know, that's part of it. And then societal beliefs, like what are we supposed to look like as business owners? How are we supposed to dress, act, eat, you know, work out? Like there's so many things that we should be doing, all the shoulds. Um So what I like to say, when I first was learning to connect to my intuition, I think of my intuition as my naked mole rat self, like my just like stripped down, you know, like it's just me, myself and I, and I can be my crazy, weird, wild, eclectic, crazy person self, you know, no judgment. And that's where you're going to really allow your intuition and your inner voice to come through more than ever um, because you're able to really connect to that side of you. So as you strip down all of those beliefs, like you throw all of the money beliefs that you would have to get to own that house in Malibu, you know, or whatever your dreams may be, why don't you just think about if you could have that? you know, or if you could have anything that you desire, it might be traveling. You know, I think in today's society, a lot of us amount success to money and success is so much more than that. You know, success is in every little thing that we do, especially as entrepreneurs. So once we throw that idea of what everyone else thinks success is, and we start to ask ourselves, what do we want out of life? then your intuition, really your imagination comes back. It's kind of like that childhood self that's allowed to dream and create and, you know, wonder about things without those societal boundaries of being like, don't think about that, you know, don't go there. Um, And just letting yourself be. And then the more you can be, the more you can start to journal and really think about what would feel good to name this package or what would feel good to share with my community now that I've connected to me? I know all of the problems that my clients have had because I'm just a further along version than my clients. And then I know how to solve all their problems. You know, it's that simple uh, because we're humans, just like our clients are humans, just like the influencer that you see online is a human. You know, <laughs> we're all just humans. But a lot of the times we make it out to be that these people are so farther, so much further along than us, which makes it seem unreachable. Um, so, yeah, just allowing yourself to dream is a first part of what we do in my coaching program is thinking about what you really want and how we can start from there. And then the income will come, you know, <laughs> because you're aligned. 
So connecting to that inner voice first, kind of finding that alignment within yourself first and really tapping into that inner wisdom. And then you said something about the inner child as well. So like what, what did light you up when you're a kid that you've pushed away because now it maybe seems childish or something, but like what passions do you, did you have? And I think that's a great lesson for our audience too, because we haven't really touched on intuition much on the podcast, but these are really great um, tactical ways to start to tap into that, find out who you are first and foremost, and then start to articulate that in your branding, um, which is something that Meraki Media Management definitely, definitely does. Thank you. Thank you so much. So Caitlin, tell us what is your vision for your business? You are, have come so far in the five years that you've been, already been on this journey and you know we're going to be following you enthusiastically from now on. Do you have an idea of where you want to be in five years? Oh, I love this question. Um, yes, I do. You know, <laughs> I have lots of hopes and dreams, um, but in the best way possible. Like, I mean that in the sense of that they seem achievable now. You know, five years ago doesn't feel so long ago anymore um, or far away, I should say. But where I see our company going is really building out this agency model with our team members that have this intuitive approach to social media and also are well aware of how much time they're spending on social. Uh, At the end of the day, my agency is basically there to help our clients do what they love in their service-based business and not worry about social. So that's what I see for our agency side, just really being able to help more clients do what they love and not do all the other crap, you know, we can handle that for them. Um, And then with the coaching and consulting, I see that going in so many different ways. You know, I would love to write a book someday and speak to people about this and allow them to really just be who they are, you know, and undeniably them, you know, um, have crazy conversations and talk about the hopes and dreams openly without shame around them. Um, And that's really where I see myself, you know, in my personal life, of course, I would love to get married soon and really move somewhere, maybe buy a few more houses and build some real estate equity just because that's just always been a passion of mine in like the home sense of things. I love to create and make spaces and, you know, that's really where that side of my brain comes in. But that's what I see happening for us in the next five years. I love that. I love the idea of really connecting with people to help them find their 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 dreams and their goals and figuring out what is is guiding them because there is so much in society like you said at the beginning that just is a lot of noise and there's so much fear and shame and guilt built around um what people might think of our inner child and who we could be and um So really just breaking down those barriers so that people can live their best authentic life. It's just so, so exciting. And we can't wait to follow you and see where your, your business will, will go. Um, Do you have a resource at this point in time or maybe something that, that you have really um, connected to over the years 
that you would love to share with um, our audience, something that's helped you with your business journey? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would say like a few documentaries I've watched on Netflix. There's this one, which I'm not going to be able to think of the name right now, of course, but it's so good. It's about climbing. So if you go on Netflix, just search climbing documentaries. The Alex Honnold documentary is amazing. But really what we think about entrepreneurship is, you know, it's kind of like its own thing, right? It's not connected to sports or it's not connected to other achievable areas of our lives. But the reality is that any goal that we have is always connected, you know? There's some sort of connection there. And watching a few of these climbing documentaries and thinking about entrepreneurship and a lot of them live their absolute authentic lives, you know, like they're just scaling these walls and not giving a crap about real life or real life, I say in air quotes, like societal beliefs, you know. Um, And I love those moments watching those videos of people just totally doing what they love unapologetically. I've written a lot of content about them actually on my Instagram page too. So if you're a climber, I'm not a climber. I admire that. I'm like afraid of heights, but (laughs) I love the, I love the vision, the goal. Um, Another thing that I love, which I think a lot of people don't talk about in the podcasting world is how much education you can get from a podcast. Um, I literally, before I could hire a coach, absolutely believe in coaching. So if you're in a position to get a coach, get one that aligns with you, of course. Um, But before I could hire a coach, I listened to a lot of podcasts. And that was really a great moment of education for me that I think goes underrated. So for any listeners that are tuning in, you know, definitely listen to the podcasts like this one and so many more that can help you and help you discern some of these emotions that you might be feeling for free right now. And then you can start to test the waters with what language resonates with you. And, you know, if your coach speaks your language, that's what my coach always says to me. She's like, it's all about just speaking the same language. Like at the end of the day, you know, that's how you find your coach for sure. So good. Love the podcast one. Yeah, we we all definitely started on podcasts too before we even got inspired to start our own. So much value. Caitlin, tell us where can our audience find you? What are your social links? What's your website? Oh yeah. So I'd love to connect with people. So please send me a DM. If you follow me, let's hang out and like chit chat. And I want to get to know every single one of you. Uh, My Instagram is at Meraki, M-E-R-A-K-I underscore media underscore management. I'm in the DMs like almost every day, five days a week. You know, we have to keep the weekends sacred, (laughs) sacred as we can. Um, But yeah, please come hang out with me over there. I also have a podcast of my own, which we mentioned a little bit here today, which you can find through my Instagram account. Um, And I do put out weekly episodes. I share a lot about my personal life too. So uh, I just try to keep it open book, you know, so we can all (laughs) remember that we're all just in this together at the end of the day. Fantastic. And one thing I I think we talked about a little bit at the beginning, but I think it would be a great way to close is what exactly does Meraki mean? And how did you come up with that name? (laughs) 
Great. Yeah. So uh, my best friend actually helped me get the Meraki Media Management name. I after I so after I had the great success at the first campaign, my first job, my first job ever. Like, let me mention, I was like so not suited for an office. It was not did not work out for me well. Um, so I. I'm like out on my own trying to figure out what's going to happen next. And I ended up traveling across Europe with my boyfriend for three weeks. And I come home and I'm like, this European lifestyle, dude, like there's no way. Like I can't go back to this like crazy East Coast, fast paced, nutso land. So that was where I reached out to my best friend. She's a, uh, she's actually a, a house flipper. So it's funny that we're talking about houses a little bit today. And she's an entrepreneur. And she was like, hey, let's just like search for some cool names. And she went on Google and started to find names for me. And she came across Meraki and she was like, this is you. Like, this is it. We found it. And we both just totally fell in love with the name. And she's always been like my business bestie. So and, and my bestie in life, you know, like she's my ride or die. So that was a moment where I was like, okay, if she thinks this is me, you know, everybody else will think this is me too. <laughs> so that's where Meraki was born. But Meraki means to put your heart and soul into your work. So uh, yeah, that was really where she was like, this is definitely you, you know, I'm a give it my all type of person. I think all of us are on this show. And if you're listening to this show, you absolutely are, you know? So yeah, put your heart and soul into your work. Well, it is time for our weekly wins. We love to put this into our episode just to help celebrate what we've been up to in our businesses every week. And we love to elevate our listener wins as well. So please go ahead and continue sending those to us. You can reach us on Instagram. You can also send us an email. Um, You'll find that in the notes section of the podcast. So without further ado, how have your businesses been going this week, ladies? How can we help you celebrate? So um, actually today I got a message from my team member who I was mentioning a little bit before. She said to me that she had this client conversation that didn't quite feel like they were a good fit for one another. And she said it was the first client that she said no to. And it was because some of the content that she had helped me schedule from the week prior. So that was such a great win. I'm so happy for her. (laughs) Yes. Saying no is almost as important as saying yes. So yeah, filtering out. That's amazing. Congrats. Such a huge win. Congratulations. That's a huge win. <laughs> and Lauren, what about you? Um, I would say my win for the week. Um, I'm slowly <clears throat> getting back into business stuff. And I I think I just have to keep writing this right now. But um, I put more of my mom's puzzles online and the puzzlers are just reaching out left and right. So I'm selling more of my mom's puzzles, which like, it's just a nice, um, I love, I love the flipping side of things. Um, I'm starting to see more garage sale signs going up in North Carolina because it's getting warmer out. So I'm excited for those days ahead, but, um, just being able to help my mom out and the excitement that she gets now, I feel like every time I call her, she's like, did you sell a puzzle? And 
half the time I am selling a puzzle for her. So it's really exciting. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so cool to hear about like these niches of like very enthusiastic puzzlers who are just buying up all the puzzles online. So cool. <laughs> and what about you, Mel? This week I kicked my butt and finished my finances for 2022. So that was very exciting. And, you know, it's something that I I can do, but I just don't, I put it off. <laughs> so this week I got it done and I was really happy about that. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> something I think a lot of us dread and especially a lot of business owners kind of dread that end of the year finances, taxes, the books, but congratulations on getting that done. Thank you. Yay. Congratulations to you both. I love those wins. It's so good. I still have yet to do my taxes. So like kudos. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Just one step of the process, but we'll get there. (laughs) Totally. ladies. Well, we covered a lot of ground today. This episode was full of intuitive insights and advice. We talked about how we can pivot from being really successful in our day job to taking that and running with it, starting a wildly successful business. And Caitlin has explained so much goodness about that, you know, in addition to managing mental health, when starting and running a business, what it means to manage your mental health as a leader, and also to provide that inspirational presence for, you know, personalities and people that you hire and what it means to be an intuitive led business owner. So thank you so much, Caitlin, for joining us today. You dropped a lot of insights. So very excited to see what our audience does with all of it. Thank you so much. Yay. Thank you both so much. This was so great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Imposter Women. You can visit the episode description to find all of the show notes from today's episode. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, or Stitcher. Subscribing will keep you from missing an episode and it helps us grow Imposter Women. Be sure to tune in next week as we continue to help you chase your dreams unapologetically. See you on the next episode of Imposter Women.